0: Are either one of these any good?
1: Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry?
0: You waste all our film. It's so bad!
1: All right, seems like we've been treading water for the last couple of weeks, but we are back in a big way and excited. Welcome into the screening room. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. We are ready for it. The story of a group of bullied kids banding together when a monster taking the appearance of a scary clown begins hunting children.
0: My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil
1: thing. I saw something.
0: A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. Bill, if you'll come with me, you'll float too. Like a lot of people, I was not that optimistic when I first heard that they were going to remake It. Now, I did not love the 1990 miniseries, but I did love Tim Curry as Pennywise. Right,
1: that that is the main thing. And I, I'm with you, except over the last few years, a couple of things have kind of, you know tempered my my lack of enthusiasm for these remakes number one of course Heath Ledger doing Batman you Absolutely. know because everybody thought there's no way yeah. how can you do better than mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and he did and then just for me the when they rebooted the Star Trek franchise right the first Star Trek re- reboot I thought what a stupid idea and I loved it so much <laughs> so I know, it's like, it's you true. know what I'll just keep my opinions you know kind of watered down until we see what they can do so I'm with you on not really caring for the TV, well, at least the second half yeah. of the TV version years ago, and I'm with you on loving Tim Curry so yep, much, yep. but you know what? This one does it pretty well.
0: Oh, it does. Yeah, no, I, I and and I did start to really turn around after I started seeing stills of
1: Bill Skarsgård. Bill yeah. Skarsgård
0: as Pennywise. They took a very different approach. It's a much less silly clown, kind of a more of a throwback classic, and he, and Skarsgård does a great job making it his own, kind of kind of digging into that whole macabre, grotesque sort of element of the clown. I think he's great.
1: Yeah, and I think what they do, it it follows in the pattern of the filmmakers, everybody involved here. They're on the big screen. They've got an R rating. They don't have to worry about TV restraints. And they're going for it, going a little darker, going certainly more violent and more straight-up horror. So I think the characterization is in line with that. I'm not ready to put it above Tim Curry's. I don't think you are either. But, um, yeah, I would say he did a a darn good job and has a new... (laughs) A new nightmarish clown, uh, you know, fantasy or nightmare for a lot of people.
0: And the kids are great. The The, young, the young cast is great. And and then also, uh, it's it's part one of two. So you you don't have to worry about sort of in in Stephen King's novel, it's told from two different time periods: the children as a youth, and then 27 years later, because it comes back every 27 years. So you only get, for the film one, you only get the perspective of the kids. And they've moved the setting from the 60s to the late 80s. Yeah. And they do a spectacular job they of it. Do. And one of the reasons I like it is because the sort of you know, preteens band together. That was such a, a tremendously common theme in movies in the eighties, like the Goonies. I mean, there's like a million. Stand of them. by me, Stand Stephen by me, King, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a great Stephen King movie. Yeah. And I'd like, to, I'm, I'm happy to say, is the Stephen King movie this it reminds me the most of.
1: Yeah, and of course, much has been made of the fact that it is now 27 years after the TV movie of it, which is I don't know a happy accident or right. what, but it's it's very very cool, nice coincidence. But yeah, you're right, the kids are great. Led by, I want to pronounce his name right, Jaden Leberher. I think that's right. And we saw him first in Saint Vincent, loved him with Bill Murray. So great. And then he was in Midnight Special again. So great. This kid is, seems to be a natural. He's noticeably older now. As that that, that happens that to happens. kids in a strange way. But he's growing up. But he's he really anchors this movie as Stuttering Bill. Yeah. Uh, the I, I suppose the de facto leader of the Losers Club. Right. And here, here's another thing I like about that, is because these kids who call themselves the losers, so many times in these movies, yeah, we're the losers, look at you people. Right. You just walked off a, a catalog, right. shoot. Right, They look like nerds. Most of them, okay? yeah. yeah, they do, and God bless them, and they're all great, and they make a nice group that bands together, yeah. because they all start seeing, not only the clown, but they see different variations of the clown, because the entity can change in at a moment's notice to something, whatever scares that person at the moment. exactly. Which is another advantage this movie has, better special effects, obviously, and it can just morph, boom, 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 like that, which gives me a lot of hope for the second part of the movie. I think they can deal with the ending, which has some problems in the book, uh, a little better. So we look forward to that in, in the months and years to come. But going back to this one, the kids are great. Uh, the time period yeah. details yeah, are great. They're great. And one of the kids, we're not familiar with Stranger Things, but no. the one funny kid, the, kids, the kid that has the funniest lines. Richie. Who has a great, the kid has a great name. Finn Wolford Love. or Wolfhard. Well, I like
0: to say Wolfhard because well, that's I should, better. Yeah, you it's should. probably not how you pronounce it. What a it, great but, name. And, 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 and it's funny, again, uh, the benefit of an R rating yeah. and uh, a big screen because, cause, you know, he just says, he says, hilarious, foul mouth things. And he's very, very small <laughs> with these enormous glasses on, which yeah. makes it all, much, all that much
1: funnier. But his delivery is perfect. And I think he's the one that, at one point, has on an Airwolf t-shirt. Yes. From the TV series Airwolf. <laughs> like, nice! But the only thing I will say, I think, even though he does have some very funny lines, I think there are at least two or three occasions where they might have held back, where I think a wise crack from him was maybe... At the detriment of a moment that could have lingered a little bit longer for some creepy effect. That's just me. Now, I did think some of it was very Mm -hmm. funny, but there was just a couple of instances where I think maybe they went a little too far in that regard.
0: You know, for me, I think the biggest weakness that I saw in this was that there are two in the in the Losers Club, there are two minority Characters, a Jewish boy who's about to make his bar mitzvah, and then homeschool Mike, who is African American. And they are really the only two characters in the film who are terribly underwritten. Yeah. And that stood out to me that those would be the two that we don't get enough of. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, you know, I think that the writers did a very nice job of streamlining King's prose, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the number one most important thing that has to happen when you take one of his books to the big screen. Yeah. Um, but plus
1: his trouble with endings, I think sometimes, yes. and we'll we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, Next you're right. Time.
0: But I, I there is a there's a bully character in the in the novel, and I, I I felt like because of the way this was pruned, eventually the bully's behavior didn't connect particularly well. On the other hand, there is a sort of as we were talking about just before era, a sort of subplot or or plot resolution that. Thank God. Yes, there's a. They they skip in he, favor of a,
1: a. The people that have read the book know there's a very controversial occurrence that happens with the kids that is just heinous when you look back on it. Um, maybe only explained by King's. Uh, rampant
0: is, drug use in the eighties.
1: Uh, yeah, hopefully that's what it is. But thankfully that is totally, totally sidestepped as it should be in here. We'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, it's it's streamlined. You're right. That's 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 a good way to put it. And the other thing. I I did like the movie. I liked it very much. But the thing for me, I guess, as a horror movie, which didn't really elevate it into the really, really rarefied air, I guess, just for me, it was a little bit too dependent on jump scares, which I am not the biggest fan of. I know they work for some people, and that's great. It's just what you're into. For me, maybe just a little bit too much of a reliance on that.
0: I think that the film does a good job with... The way they use the background, the foreground sound to oh, yes. to sort of keep your 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 sort of sense of dread elevated all the way through. So I I don't think that's I don't think there's an over reliance on jump scares. I think there I mean there definitely are a lot, but I, I feel like when the film you know it's it's from children's perspectives and there's a clown. I mean it just seems like clearly
1: that's where they're going to go. So I was okay with it. And I do think technical aspects of the movie sound design set design the way it looked yeah. all all first rate i yes. thought very well done and yep. also thought for me some of the most successful areas of the film dealt with deeper themes and more subtle themes just friendship number 1 yeah. and the passage you know the fears that come into play in the passage from childhood to adulthood. Yes, I think this story and this movie touches on those and does it very well and without th- beating it over your your head.
0: Yeah, I, and I think one of the uh, common theme uh, in in King's work is the idea that we're stronger together than we are separately, which really fits really well into into the horror genre because, of course, they're always trying to separate you know separate people and pick them off so we know better. But I think that uh, I think that this movie and this story. Does a a a kind of lovelier job of illustrating that that you're stronger together than you are apart, and uh, and and again, the kids are just so likable. And
1: it's creepy, and it's oh, got some. Oh, it's creepy, and got some it's scares. scary. So yeah, it's so, scary. So, a friend uh,
0: of ours uh, texted before he went, "Is this going to scare me?" And I texted back, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, it, it is." It is. <laughs> and we're thankful for that. So yeah, big recommendations here for it. Check it out. And the other, really, the only big new national release this week is something kind of the polar opposite for people that do not want anything to do with scary clowns there's this movie it's life for a single mom in LA taking an unexpected turn when she allows three young guys to move in with her Reese Witherspoon starring in Home Again there's this really sweet guy in my yoga class I haven't really been separated for five months girls it's my birthday let's Uh, okay I don't know your ex but he must be some kind of maniac to have let you slip through his hands yeah, I'm 40 right. Uh, yeah, I knew that. Like ballpark.
0: I miss my family. Let's fix this.
1: You make a decision about your life when you're 25 years old, you think, is that like a good life decision for the rest of your life?
0: You seem to be handling everything really well. The first thing you're gonna notice on any uh, advertisement for Home Again is the name Nancy Myers all over it. And you're going to say to yourself, oh, this is going to be another one of those fun Nancy Myers romps. Honestly, like, it's complicated. I did.
1: I thought it was a Nancy Myers film. I did. So their their advertising gimmick is it worked it, on me. Uh, yes,
0: exactly. So if you're not familiar, she's the writer-director. She's done a ton of stuff, but it's complicated with Meryl Streep. And something's something's got to give. give. The it, holiday yeah. a few years ago. So, she's so, got a style. She's got a style. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, I understand. But... The point is, she did not write or direct Home Again. Her daughter did, <laughs> so it's very much a carbon copy of her mom's work, except that instead of having, uh, you know, like a sixty-year-old uh, heroine who who uh, played, generally speaking, by some of the greatest talent that you're ever going to find, uh, Reese Witherspoon, very very talented, mm-hmm. instead is the lead. So all of a sudden, you're you're forty instead of sixty. Right. It's a whole different story. And to be honest with you. The gimmicks don't work as well.
1: Yeah, I can see that, and, and I'm with you. Reese Witherspoon. We just saw her in HBO's Big Little Lies, and she was great. Uh, there was, she was great talent in that whole miniseries, and she might have been the standout. So, uh, but here, yeah, the, the 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 material, because even in Nancy Meyers' work, let's face it, it is contrived oh, it as is. all get out, yeah. and it's and it pulls strings, but it does it pretty well uh, for for what it, it's aiming to do. Her her movies, and you know, like you said, it relies on. Uh, talents such as Meryl Streep and Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson and Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin—you know, top-notch stuff. Right, right. And not that Reese Witherspoon is is any slouch at all, but that this material is not good enough for her to do anything with it.
0: No, it really—it is so superficial, so superficial, and so contrived. So, so she plays. A, a character, her dad had been a very famous director, and he's long since passed away. And she's recently divorced, and so she moved her, do- her two daughters into the house she used to share with her dad. So this lovely, rambling, gorgeous estate in L.A. And her two daughters are really quite adorable. And she doesn't seem to have really a care in the world, regardless of the fact that she wakes up on her 40th birthday crying in her bathroom. And it's it's hard to see why exactly, to be
1: honest with you. And, I know because just like her mom's movies, you know, everybody has a gorgeous house. First of all, everybody's white. Right. Everybody has a gorgeous house. Nobody seems
0: to want for all money. All
1: sorts of money. Yeah, but they but they have these. They need attention. Yeah. They still need attention, and they're 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 lacking.
0: Right. And and you know what? You can almost buy it when this when this central character <laughs> is sixty because you're like, well, she's got a lot behind her, and I don't know what it is, but I don't buy it with the Reese Witherspoon character. And so eventually, she agrees to let three. Gorgeous 20 something aspiring filmmakers, one director, one writer, one star move into her guest house because that would never happen under any circumstances. I mean, let's be honest. The first thing you think is murder. Cato. Yeah, there's you just can't let three strange men move into your guest house when you live alone with two little girls. But this is not that movie. This is the kind of movie that wouldn't happen. So, uh, and then eventually she's married to Michael Sheen, plays her ex-husband, very talented, Mm -hmm. doesn't really get anything to do here. And he comes home. (gasps) What? And then, so of course, it's just this, you know, it's just this gluttony of middle-aged lady porn where (laughs) these two gorgeous young men are in love with me. And, oh, look, my husband realizes what a gem I used to be. And, oh, my daughters love me and they're thriving. And I'm going to start my own business. And I'm going to be a success. And I'm going to say that for myself. And you just think... Oh my God, I cannot watch this movie for 10 more seconds.
1: Well, and you can see why it's the the perfect antidote, polar opposite for it to open up. Yeah, I, in do- the I doubt.
0: I'm, we're the only people on earth who saw them both, basically.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right about that. So, not much a rec- of a recommendation no. for Reese Witherspoon in Home Again this week. Uh, a couple to talk about, a couple to mention in limited release. The first one is a movie called The Oath, and it's by uh, Balthazar Cormacur who did Contraband, Two Guns, and Everest as a director. This time, he's an actor.
0: Yeah, he directs as well, and he stars, uh, and he plays a surgeon whose oldest daughter from a previous marriage is now 18 and has gotten herself involved with a drug dealer. So she's become this party girl, but her drug habit is really spiraling out of control, and and Finner is the name of the surgeon, her dad. Takes some extreme measures to try to get the drug dealer boyfriend out of his daughter's life. So and the oath uh, that what they're talking about because he's a surgeon and it's the oath not to play god his his sort of doctorly oath mm-hmm. and uh and and the idea is really that well you just do play god when you're a surgeon and now here he's doing it in real life but he's sure. not paying enough attention to the consequences and he really isn't and the perfor- his performance is great the performance of Otar the drug dealing boyfriend also great but it's really the daughter that just leaves a mark she uh she is such a great combination of everything frustrating and wonderful about 18 you know and and uh the the movie kind of it goes in weird directions it suddenly becomes a horror film and then jumps it's basically a thriller and I, i think as a director he has a hard time with the tone uh because at a certain point finner does things that he, he, he just not gonna you're just not you don't buy it mm-hmm. there's no way this is happening and it can't, it can't really get back on track properly after that but but on the whole it's a, it's a very
1: solid thriller and very well acted and that's the oath and another one in limited release is a true-life story of Colin Warner wrongfully convicted of murder his best friend Carl King devotes his life to proving Colin's innocence it's called Crown Heights this one Really driven by the two lead performances, Lakeith Stanfield, who played Snoop Dogg in uh, Straight Outta Compton, mm-hmm. and then he was in—he was the one, the guy that yells "Get out!" right in, in, the, movie, in the movie Get, Get out. out. So, and I didn't recognize him at first in this movie with his different appearance, but uh, once they once he goes to prison and they and they shave him and cut his hair, then I then I did, and he's he's fantastic. It's another one of these. Unfortunately, we've seen these movies before because these just incredibly heartbreaking stories have happened. This man. Served twenty years in maximum security prison for a crime he did not commit, and it's a gut-wrenching story. And it's writer-director Matt Ruskin, and he he does he takes this horribly immense wrong and does a lot right with the story, but in the end he just can't take it to the next level, and it it ends up feeling a lot like just a a, a very dutiful, authentic collection or summary of events, almost like not not much more than. Mm-hmm than a documentary with a couple of great performances. And I was just looking for maybe just that little something more to push it over the edge. But still, if you, if you can handle one of these just just gut-wrenching uh, stories, uh, it, it is well done. And that is called Crown Heights, opening in limited release. few things to mention new this week in home entertainment, DVD, streaming, and Blu-ray. Megan Levy, which is really better than I thought it would be, and mm-hmm. maybe that's on me. Uh, it's driven by a great performance, lead performance by Kate Mara as the young uh, Marine corporal and her combat dog and all that they go through together. And it's directed by Gabriella Copperthwaite, who did the incredible documentary Blackfish. Right. Which was so effective, not only good, but so effective uh, in getting political action after it. But So she directs, and it's a very well-told told story. It's a story about soldiers without really being a war movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a story about the military without being a jingoistic flag waver. Mm-hmm. And those things, we don't see a lot of those, no. to be honest with no. you. And it's a story about heroes of, of all species and very well done. And it, it does go for some some heart tugging, but it does it successfully and it does it without being overbearing about it. And I, I thought it was really surprisingly impressive, uh, Megan Levy. One that was not a little disappointed in All Eyes on Me, the story of Tupac Shakur. Although, another great lead performance, a young man named Demetrius Ship Jr. Not only does he look like Tupac... It's crazy how much he looks like him. But he's very, very good. Look forward to seeing more of this guy in the future. But again, sort of like we were talking about a little bit ago in Crown Heights, it just seems like the director, Benny Boom, wants to just all right, I'm gonna hit every little thing. Here we go, then next is this, then next to this, and we're just gonna try to hit everything in Tupac's life. And I think that misses when you go to A collection big, of
0: events, yeah. That's yeah. that's what you come up with. It's
1: really not able to pinpoint what, you know, made him such an icon. And it was disappointing in that regard, although the lead performance, as I said, is very good. Also, another big one that's out this week, one that uh, kind of was a misfire, but star power in Rough Night. Well, it's
0: funny, because that's another one that was better than I expected it to be. I did not expect much, and it's pretty funny. It's raunchy, but not incredibly sophomoric. Not all of the jokes land, but it is a great cast, and again, if you like raunchy R-rated humor...
1: it's Scarlett Johansson, yep. Kate McKinnon... Jillian Bell. Yeah, and this is one actually that got Kind of overshadowed by Girls Trip. Which,
0: which is very similar.
1: Very similar, and that one did a lot better at the box office. This one kind of fizzled out, did it not? It did. It was a bomb. Yeah, But, but it's funny. Yeah, as you said, it's a little couple here that surprised us. We weren't really expecting that much of. Uh, one that we were very excited about when it came out, and uh, we're very excited about it now. It's called Raw. This You have to go in with your eyes open about this one, but if you're up for it, it's effective.
0: It is. So it's a horror film. Know that. Uh, And it is a cannibalism horror film. So be aware of it. Oh, yeah. But it is also a phenomenally well told coming of age. Uh, movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's incredible how brilliantly they pull off the metaphor that they are going for. And also the performances are great. And, and I think we both agree, one of the most darkly hilarious final scenes I've seen in a movie this year.
1: Yeah, but you really have to be ready for it. I I can't stress enough how this is not everybody's cup of tea. A
0: lot of people vomit. That's what
1: we're saying. (laughs) But if it is, yeah, the way the metaphor is handled uh, is very, very well done. And, And really, that's not that's not easy to do.
0: Now, another uh, really really small one that was great if you get a chance to see it, The Wedding Plan, uh, about a woman who's whose fiance leaves her at the last minute and she leaves her marriage up to God, but she's sure she's still going to get married in the same time frame. So it's a really interesting one and one to avoid at all costs. Paris can wait. Yes. <laughs> it's a really bad Diane Lane vehicle and it's almost like a it could easily have just with a, a change of soundtrack been a uh, thriller about a woman being kidnapped, basically. <laughs> but instead, it's somehow a romantic comedy?
1: Yeah, and it's Eleanor Coppola, the Francis yeah, Ford Coppola's wife. wife. Um, yeah, so wrote yeah, and that, directed. That's the one to uh, maybe skip this week. Looking forward to one next week in a big way. We were looking forward to it this past week, and now... Next week, we're looking forward to Darren Aronofsky's mother with an exclamation point. I love the exclamation point at the end of the word mother.
0: I love that Javier Bardem is back in a movie that might be great. And also Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer we always Lawrence to see Jennifer and Michelle Lawrence.
1: Pfeiffer and Ed Harris. Yeah, oh, the, just from the trailer, something oh my, creepy oh, yeah. is going That's on. That's
0: It's a trailer that just makes you hold your breath. You're so uncomfortable the whole time. Cannot wait. The other big one coming out next week, American Assassin, which looks to be like another one a very similar to about a hundred other movies that we've seen, but we'll hold on. Michael no.
1: Keaton has exactly. a co-starring role, so we'll see about that. So that is next week. Uh, let us know what you thought of it or any of the other movies from this week. We're really interested to what uh, what your take on it was. And the easiest way to do that, keep the conversation going, is on Twitter. You can find us at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F, our Facebook page, Mad Wolf Columbus. Also Mad Wolf Columbus on Instagram. And if you uh, have a mind to it, we're talking about some horror movies this week. If horror is your thing, be sure to check out our horror-only podcast, which is called Fright Club. And you can find that on either uh, Apple Podcasts or on our website at MadWolf.com. So lots to check out. We hope to hear from you. Until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast, a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.